When God predicts the future, he holds himself to the highest standard. If the prophet representing him is not 100% correct, he is labeled a false prophet. Daniel was anything but a false prophet. When he interpreted King Nebuchadnezzar's dream, he predicted the rise and fall of the Babylonian, Medo-Persian, Greek, and Roman empires. Ancient history to us, but future events during Daniel's time. Can we trust Bible prophecy, or is it a sham? Scholars tell us that nearly one-fourth of the Bible was predictive in nature when it was written, and nearly 40% of Bible prophecies have already come true. That gives us confidence in the scriptures and hope for the future. I'm Ron Jones. Something good starts right now. Centuries before the Roman Empire rose to prominence, God had already prophesied its eventual fall. Hello and welcome to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for tuning in. Today, Ron takes us to Daniel chapter 2 and to one of the most fascinating prophecies in the Bible. To the Babylonians, this was a future event. To you and me, it's history. It's a sobering reminder of God's authority and sovereignty, and it comes your way next. Online, you'll find us at somethinggoodradio.org, where you can hear any of Ron's messages on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. From his teaching series, Standing Strong, here's Ron with part two of his Something Good Radio message, a look back to the future. But then he says, this stone grows into a big mountain and the wind carries away the dust and the rubble of the world empires. It is a picture of the second coming of Jesus Christ who establishes his reign and rule, his millennial reign. Remember Jesus taught us to pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Right now Jesus is building his kingdom, the kingdom of God in the hearts of his followers. And I hope you're part of that kingdom. But there's coming a day when he's establishing his kingdom on earth, a literal kingdom on this earth. And uh, what an exciting day that will be. That part of it is still, I can't put a date to it. Can't put a time to it. If somebody tells you they know the time or the hour or the date when Jesus Christ is returning, <laughs> they know more than the angels of heaven. They know more than Jesus himself said he knew. Because Jesus said, nobody knows the day or the hour of my return except the Father, but there's coming a day. We wait in hope. We wait in faith for that time. We don't know when uh, the, the movement and the rush toward the end of the age, and boy, we're in the midst of it right now, will culminate in what I believe the next event in Bible prophecy is, the rapture of the church. You take the church out of this world and all the forces of tyranny and authoritarian government by the elite few take over in a nanosecond and coalesce in the rise of a world leader known in Bible prophecy as the Antichrist. And we're off and running in what's called the tribulation period. All of that pictured here. What a fascinating, fascinating uh, panorama of... Uh, 
of world events. By the way, this revived Roman Empire pictured in the ten toes of this image, many Bible scholars have linked this in the past to what's called the European Common Market or what today is called the EU, all right? Rome, you know, covered the known world at that time. A lot of what Rome and the Roman Empire was then are now, you know, all the nations of of Europe. Right now, the EU is 28 nations, and Bible scholars are kind of, you know, watching sitting on the edge of their seat, kind of watching, wondering, you know, will, will that become ten nations? Although, you know, if you, if you look at some of the articles and the dialogues unrelated to Bible prophecy about the EU, I've, I've read articles about the 27, 28 nations that are a part of it. I've also read an article uh, titled, The Ten Major Nations of the EU. I don't know exactly how it's going to work out. I know a lot of nations right now in the EU are trying to exit, (laughs) namely Britain in Brexit. It it may go from 28 down to 10, or among the 27 or 28, there are 10 major nations. Either way, uh, Dr. Don Campbell, who was the president of uh, one of my alma maters and a Bible prophecy expert, he says, this much seems certain. Europe will become a significant power block in the years just prior to Jesus Christ's return to reign as king. That former Roman Empire made up of of the iron uh, implement of authoritarian rule will rise up again. It'll be less powerful than it was because the people will cry out, okay? Just prior to the coming of Jesus Christ. Now, what do we do with a message like this? How does this go from information and from fascination about Bible prophecy to changing our lives and transforming our hearts? Let me suggest a couple of thoughts as we wrap up. Number one, human government will ultimately fail. Human government will ultimately fail. Don't don't ever put your faith and your trust in human government. There's an interesting observation to be made about this image and the, the metals and the materials that are in view here. It goes from gold to silver to bronze to iron to a mixture of iron and clay. I'm going to default to two experts who explain this in a wonderful way. Again, Dr. John Walvoord, a Bible prophecy expert says in his book on Daniel, the descending scale of value of the four metals suggests the degeneration of the human race through the ages. You see, the metals go from uh, high value, gold, to lesser value in, uh, in, in the iron. He says, this concept contradicts the evolutionist interpretation of history. Instead of man beginning in the dust and consummating in fine gold, that's what the evolutionists tell us. We're getting better and better. We're evolving. We're getting faster. We're getting stronger. We're becoming more enlightened. We know more than what those ancient cultures, they, they, they weren't as wise and weren't as advanced as we are. He says, no, this prophecy contradicts that. He says, um, 
God reveals man in the times of the Gentiles to begin in gold and end in dust. You see, the, the metals are decreasing in value. They are decreasing, we might say, in quality and in character. But they're increasing in strength. And what this is a picture of is that as time goes on and as history progresses, no, we're not becoming more enlightened and better and more evolved. We're not talking about the evolution of mankind, but the devolution and the denigration of mankind. Certainly in terms of the quality and the value of the character of the leaders who are on the world stage, it's going downhill, friends while at the same time, the strength of the authoritarian rule, the strength of the metals gets stronger and stronger. With the quality of the character of the leaders going down this way, but the, the, the human governments are increasing in strength. Here's the idea, is that as, as human history progresses, uh, human history always leans toward and moves toward tyranny and authoritarian rule. We go from gold uh, down to, to iron and the strength and the power of the, the authoritarian Roman Empire. All of these governments were authoritarian in nature, but they lost value and strength and quality of character as time goes on in terms of the leaders. But as we race toward the end of the age, make no mistake about it, friends, human government always tends toward tyranny and towards authoritarian rule by a few elite people. Until at the end of the age, when the church is snatched out of this world, all the momentum in that direction, it'll be real easy for the Antichrist to walk on the stage and say, let me solve your problems. Let me solve your problems in exchange for world government control. You can see it happening. And you can hear the, the footprints and the, the hoof, hoof steps of the four horsemen of the apocalypse coming right here in our own country. I'm not about to get political. Do not confuse this with politics. This is Bible prophecy. And this is opening up our eyes to the flow of human history as it's revealed in the prophecy here. But all this talk about socialism today, right here in our own country, the land of the free, the home of the brave, socialism is the kinder and gentler path to tyranny and authoritarianism. Why do I say that? It's kinder and gentler than a military invasion or a military coup, which is how most of these world empires rose and then fell again. All right, military invasion, military coup, and you see it across the world today in various, you know, countries uh, when there's a military invasion or a military coup, the strong arm of authoritarianism. But when you're facing a nation like ours where nobody's going to beat our military, you take the kinder and gentler approach. Socialism promises everything. It, it promises all these freebies in exchange for government control, the kinder and gentler path to tyranny, to authoritarianism. It promises uh, free health care for the government control of health care. 
It, it wants to control the economy. There are no private businesses under socialism, very few. A socialistic government controls the major economies and, and businesses of, of that country. It wants to control the climate and weather through taxes on climate change and new green deals. I'm, but trust me, I'm not getting political here. I'm saying open up our eyes, understand the flow of human history and the flow of authoritarian rule as we get closer and closer to the end of the age. That's what's coming. Dr. Ron Jones will be right back with the second half of today's message, a look back at the future. Remember, you can stop by somethinggoodradio.org anytime to find out more about the ministry or to order selected resources like this series you're hearing now, Standing Strong. The entire audio download of this seven-message series can be yours today as our thank you for your financial support of Something Good Radio. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org. Mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. Or call our offices at 757-276-1099. And now here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good Radio message, a look back at the future. It ultimately wants to control religion. I remember I was in Washington, D.C. years ago. I was invited to a pastor's gathering with some congressmen at that time, Michelle Bachman of Minnesota. I'll never forget what she says. She's a fine Christian lady. She says, socialism replaces God with government. See, commun communism just declares an atheistic state. That's the ultimate authoritarian rule. Socialism says you can believe, you can worship, but government is your God, and it creates dependency. It's coming. It's here. We're electing them to Congress. But Daniel talked about it and interpreted the dream more than 25, 26 centuries ago as it's envisioned in these different medals. Decrease in quality and character of world leaders, increase in the strength of their appetite for authoritarian and tyrannical rule. Just don't be fooled, friends. Don't be fooled by someone who promises you everything. A government that is big enough to promise you everything is also big enough to take everything away from you and to begin to control everything about us. That will be the tribulation period. That will be the reign and the rule of the Antichrist. As I understand Bible prophecy, though, hallelujah, the church is gone. <laughs> you know, we're out of here through the rapture. But you're, you're, you're hearing and feeling the footprints and the momentum toward this. Daniel gave us a glimpse of it 2,500 years ago. But all human government will eventually fail because it's brittle, it's bankrupt, and it will ultimately fail at the second coming of Jesus Christ when that stone, that supernatural stone, suddenly and cataclysmically blasts into the base of this giant image and destroys all world government. Jesus Christ is here to rule and reign. By the way, hold your place in Daniel 2. Remember another prophecy in Isaiah chapter 9? We talk about this at Christmas time. But it's not just about the first advent, it's also about the second advent of Jesus. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. Makes you want to, you know, sing all the Christmas songs, right? 
and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. That's the part of the prophecy that we forget at Christmas time. But you've got to understand, the, the, the prophecy here was about his first advent. The government was never on his shoulder in the first advent. The mighty Roman Empire ruled the earth at that time. Of the increase of his government and of peace, what, what, what government? Some of the Jews 2,000 years ago were disappointed because they thought the Messiah would come and overthrow the Roman government. No, not at the first advent. That's coming in the second coming of Jesus Christ. And that's a time when the increase of his government, that stone that becomes the mountain of the increase of his government there will, and, and of peace, there will be no end. It's the only time I'm for big government <laughs> because Jesus Christ is a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, a prince of peace, who when he comes and he initiates his kingdom rule, his earthly rule for a thousand years, the book of Revelation tells us, he'll be reigning like a wonderful counselor, a prince of peace, an everlasting father, a mighty God from the city of Jerusalem. Washington, D.C., ah, not a power center. Jerusalem, the city of David. That's where it's prophetically going when Jesus Christ returns. Human government will fail. Don't put your trust in human government. Secondly, there's only one, one God, the one true God who is worthy of our worship, and that's the God of the Bible. Let's go back to Daniel chapter 2 and read on, uh, beginning in uh, verse 46. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and paid homage to Daniel and commanded that an offering and incense be offered up to him. The king answered and said to Daniel, listen to this, truly your God is God of gods and Lord of lords and a revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to reveal this mystery. Goes on to say that Daniel was promoted and Daniel, this great man of godly character, remembered his three friends, brought them along too, in this, and now the four of them served as high-ranking people in the Babylonian government. But you see what's happening here? This, this was a, a come-to-Jesus time for King Nebuchadnezzar. And King Nebuchadnezzar's heart is turned away from the gods of Babylon, this pagan nation, and he's turned to the God of Israel. He says, Daniel, your, your God is the man. I'm just a king. He's the king of kings. He is the God of gods. And part of what Bible prophecy should encourage us to do is just what King Nebuchadnezzar did, fall on our face in awe and in worship of the one true God, not only of creation and of history and of eternity, but the God of Bible prophecy, who is a revealer of mysteries, worship Him. Don't worship any government. Don't worship any king. Don't worship any leader. Worship Jesus Christ and put your hope in Him because He's coming again, friends. And that's the hope of the church. 
Uh, this, this is not about information. This is not about fascination. This is, this is a message that should transform the transformation of our, of our hearts and the transformation of our perspective. I don't lose hope when I tune into the news stations today and I see all that's happening. I go, yay God, wow, this is, <laughs> you know, he knew what he was talking about. And I know who wins at the end. I know who's coming again. Will it get worse before it's better? Yeah, it will. Do we stand strong in our faith even in the times in which we live? Because we don't know the day or the hour that he's coming. Not a time to grow passive, friends. This is a time to stand strong in your faith, knowing what the outcome is, to lead other people to faith in Jesus Christ. Now is the time to make disciples of Jesus Christ who go and make disciples and to pray, thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now is the time to step it up because we know what's coming because he loves you and he loves me and he invites us to come to faith in his son. Thanks so much for being here for today's Something Good Radio message, a look back at the future. Ron, let's talk for a minute about biblical prophecy, not just what we see here in the book of Daniel, but biblical prophecy in general. Why is it significant? Why is it important for us to study it? Brian, when you consider that more than 25% of the Bible was predictive and prophetic at the time it was written, I think that becomes the most significant reason for studying it. If God said it, I want to know about it. And if prophecy takes up a quarter of the Bible's length, then I'd be foolish not to study it. But there are plenty of other reasons for doing so. Uh, consider this. No other book in the world includes fulfilled prophecies in it. Not a single one. God's Word, on the other hand, contains hundreds of specific prophecies that have already been fulfilled. And it can be proven, uh, even using scientific methods, that the prophecies were given in advance of their having come to pass, in some cases, hundreds of years prior. This leads to yet another reason to study Bible prophecy, because it validates the Bible as being the infallible Word of God. And it validates Jesus Christ himself, who prophesied about his own resurrection, among other things. So for all these reasons, and there are others, we should not ignore the prophetic utterances found in Scripture. Here are a couple of practical ways that um, uh, being familiar with Bible prophecy, both fulfilled and yet to be fulfilled, can actually help us. Knowing about fulfilled prophecy might one day help us lead a skeptic to faith in Christ. In other words, knowledge of what God says about prophecy can be helpful as a tool for evangelism. But it can also be a great source of comfort to those of us who are in Christ already. If we know that God has fulfilled so many prophecies, that fact can provide a sense of calm and confidence in times of crisis or tragedy. We know, for example, that God has promised that we will one day be reunited with loved ones who were in Christ at the time they died. We know that we will spend eternity with God and those loved ones in heaven. We know it because God said it, and we gain even more confidence in that promise because he's already fulfilled so many of his promises. That's Dr. Ron Jones with some great final thoughts on the importance of biblical prophecy and some of the practical ways it can help us while we remain on earth. Ron, we're about out of time, but before we sign off, 
What can you tell us about the next message in your current series, Standing Strong? Brian, I want you to think about this scenario, and I'd like our listeners to as well. Suppose a person of power or authority over you, or maybe a group of people with guns drawn, said to you, deny Christ and you will live, profess faith in Jesus and you will die. Imagine that scene. Well, there are many people down through the ages who don't have to imagine it. They lived it, and many of those died right there in that moment. One of the more famous of these stories is of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel chapter 3. For the next couple of days, I'll dive into that story. I'll talk about the threat they received and the stand that they made, but I'll also get into how their story is still relevant for us today. That's Monday when Ron shares his message, Turning Up the Heat. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for listening.